If you're still eating soup, shovel it home and uh, come on in and join us down here for church. Good to have you tonight. Uh, kids, with us for worship. So if you're a child, look to the nearest adult. And if it's not your parent, go find them, okay? After worship, we'll dismiss them. And also, it's youth hangout night. So after youth hangout night, you can, Nathan, Nathan's back there, wave your hand around. You're going with Nathan tonight. So make sure you find him when worship's over. Now, we are in the 21 days of prayer. If you did not know that, you should know that, okay? So for the next three Wednesday nights, we're doing Wednesdays a little different along with 21 days of prayer. So worship's going to be attached shorter. We're going to go right into offering. We're going to have a message, and we're going to spend some time in church prayer before we close out tonight. So a little bit different over the next three weeks. Uh, so kind of roll with us tonight as we do it that way. So how about we stand up on our feet, and let's take a couple moments to worship Jesus together. When darkness tries to roll over my bones When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know Oh, I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken
Sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. And brokenness and pain is all I know. Oh, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. song tonight and I'm just gonna talk about it for just a second. Who believes that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, just like it says in the Word? And who believes that faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God? I love this song because it has so many instances in it of how God moved in the Word and how He is still moving in our lives today. So it's a little wordy,
I feel 
checked in in kids church youth fifth to twelfth grade go with nathan all right uh and and while they're doing that go ahead and prep your tithe and offering and things like that so we can uh get on with what we want to do tonight you can high five a couple people around you and we'll get going in a minute All right, so as they're getting their kids checked in, uh, we'll give them just a moment uh, to take care of that because our check-in process is fast. So get on with tithe and offering tonight. So if you have something to give, you can prepare that. Live streamers, by the way, it's good to have you. Uh, wherever you're watching from, you can say hey on the uh, platform, whatever you're watching. Give them just a second. Uh, while, they're, while we're waiting for people to get back up, don't forget, uh, things coming up pretty quick. We got uh, social media and your kids, uh, a parent meeting. If you're interested in that after church on the 29th, there's a sign-up sheet for that. Uh, Judy Zirko will uh, have a presentation for you about that. Very knowledgeable on that subject. Also, uh, Love Your Marriage Night, February the 17th. Um, 6 to 9 p.m. We'll have food, child care, and it'll be a good time strengthening our marriages. There are a sign-up sheet for that also. And then this coming Sunday, we're going to be uh, kind of talking about the small groups that are happening during announcements. So you can meet our small group leaders, and hopefully, if you're not involved in a small group, get connected to one really soon. Okay, so anyways, let me pray over your tithes and offering. And when I'm done praying, uh, as always, you can bring it down to the baskets. Lord, we thank you. Uh, in our worship to be able to give tonight, Lord, blessings on the house, blessings on those uh, who are here, Lord, because we, we just trust in you. And uh, as we give tonight, that trust is put into action. And Lord, that we know, even in tough times, even when it gets hard, that you're not going to leave us, but you're going to see us through in, in all things. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. We all say, 
Amen. So if you do have some giving, you can bring it down. Um, while they're doing that, go ahead and get your Bibles out and turn to Matthew chapter number 6. We'll go there in just a uh, couple of moments. 21 days of prayer. Uh, we're, not, we're not having what we call 21 days of prayer just for some sort of a spiritual exercise or to, to uh, appear spiritual or throw out some platitudes. Hey, we're a church who prays, but we really don't pray. I believe that as a church, if we participate in 21 days of prayer as a unified body, that it can be a strategic time for our church. I believe that, or else I wouldn't, or I wouldn't ask. Um, so I hope that you are participating. Uh, if you haven't, um, no worries. You can get on board, because this is just day number four. So no big deal. You've got 17 more days to be involved. So, um, but remember, uh, pray first. It, it's sort of um, our, our rally cry with prayer. In other words, have priority in prayer. So what we're going to do the next three Wednesdays is uh, I'm going to teach from now until about 740. Then wherever I'm at and what I'm saying, I'm going to stop. I'll pick back up there the next week. And we're going to spend 20 minutes praying as a church. Then right around 8 o'clock, I'm going to come up. We're going to do a moment of corporate prayer, and we'll dismiss. So we're going to practice prayer tonight. And I think it's important that we as a church, we practice what we call the spiritual disciplines. What is that? Worship. Well, we worship together. We practice it so you can worship when you're not here. At times, we corporately pray together. Why? So we learn how to do it. If, if you're not familiar with it, help develop the pattern so you can be a person in prayer when you're not here. Uh, tonight and next week, generally about prayer, and, and two weeks from tonight, I'm going to talk about fasting. Why? So you can learn. So when you're not here, uh, it, you can have a healthy pattern of, of fasting in your life. And last Wednesday, uh, if, I, if I get there, we'll talk about a prayer in regards to spiritual warfare and what does that mean there's a lot of stuff out there about that so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit so pray first matthew chapter 6 and verse number five let's just read sermon on the mount okay and when you pray matthew 6 5 when you pray notice jesus talking here he gives this uh uh in a certain way invitation but also uh, right away saying, when you pray. In other words, we should be people of prayer. You must not be like the hypocrites or the hypocrites that uh, do things for certain things but not for the right things. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Well, what is that reward? People that put on a show of spiritual things get the reward of somebody saying, hey, you're spiritual. That's all the reward they get. In other words, they're trying to feed some sort of ego or pride in their life. They do things for show, okay? Jesus says, well, they get that reward. You'll get some pats on the back. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father, in secret what you do what you do in the secret parts of your life matters both for things for his glory or other stuff it matters 
If we can learn to be with God in our secret, it'll drive other things out of our secret. Right? So what your father sees you do in the secret, he will do what? Reward you. Now, here's what I know. I would rather have the reward of God than the reward of man. I would rather God reward me because of relationship than some pats on the back by somebody that thinks I'm spiritual because I put on a show. Okay? So in other words, one thing we can say right here, listen, you don't have to be an expert in prayer to pray, nor do you have to be eloquent about it. You don't have to be a, a theological scholar to pray. All you got to do is get in the secret and, and, and have moments with him, right? And the reward of God is there. And verse 7, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard by their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, then what's the point of praying if God knows? Because he wants you. The action of faith. Now, now, does God barge into your life? Nope. He, he does not make you do anything, nor does he force himself on you. So although he needs, he knows what you need, we go to him to access and allow him to do what he wanted to do the whole time. But what comes before it, and we'll talk about this in just a second, what comes before it is that you go to him. Relationship, Right? He actually says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven. Now, one thing about how Jesus teaches us to pray, he starts with our Father. We could talk the rest of the night about this. Our Father. That is the intimacy of relationship. Father. Jesus didn't say, pray to some unknown God out there, a God you barely get to know, or, or some sort of... Uh, uh, creature in in space somewhere that's just this benevolent being that likes you to worship him he calls him father and we're invited to call him father why intimacy of relationship the biggest goal of prayer is intimacy of relationship if you remember that it puts the rest of your prayer life in the proper place our father why do you pray relationship that's what he's after, relationship. We use prayer sometimes, I think. We use it, if you understand what I mean by that. But really, at the end of the day, it's about knowing him and really living a life where God is your father. Now, some of you have grown up in a home where you didn't have a very good father figure. You sort of have to wipe that a little bit out of your mind and know that God's not that way. God is a good father. Amen. So, our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name, sacred is your name, wonderful is your name. I love tensions in the Bible. What do I mean by that? Because it makes you think and doesn't let you put God in a box. I love the tension of God calling Moses from the burning bush, and when Moses gets close, he says, whoa, take your sandals off, you're on holy ground. But we also see later in his relationship with Moses, God said, I speak to him as a friend speaks to a friend. See the tension there? 
intimacy, but yet we don't forget he's God. I love that. Holy is your name. Hallowed be your name. He is a holy God. Don't forget that, though he is your father. The biggest prayer you can pray in your life is your kingdom come, your will be done, and I want to be in on it. Prayer is not about you getting God to co-sign what you want. It's about you understanding what he wants and you get in on it. Your kingdom come, how can I be a part of that? Well, we're, uh, next month in February, we're going to talk about purpose in life. One of the biggest things you can do is give God control. Your kingdom come, not me building my kingdom. Right? Don't, don't try to get him to co-sign what you want. Learn him enough to know what he wants. Then you will walk in the will of God. So his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the kingdom of God invading a lost world. Give us this day our daily bread. I love Eugene Peterson in the Message Bible. Give us our three square meals a day. Amen. And he's drawing on the wilderness here. The experience of the manna and the quail. That God provided what they needed for that day. If they tried to hoard it, it would just go bad. He's telling you, be dependent upon me. Give us this day our daily bread. Oh, watch this. And forgive us our sins. Oh, man. How many of you ever asked God for forgiveness? The Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Amen? But then, but then he's always teaching us something. Forgive me my sins as I forgive those who have sinned against me. Now the kingdom of God is trying to work through you. It's not just you receiving a, a good part of the kingdom, I'm forgiven, but did I learn how to forgive others? Right? And lead us not into temptation. We don't want to go out in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil like Jesus went through. But deliver us from evil in this day. Amen. And notice what he connects with prayer right here. He goes back to his forgiveness thing. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Watch, this is, this is harsh. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, Neither will your father forgive your trespasses. When it comes to unforgiveness, quit making excuses for yourself. Well, I can give God an excuse why he'll let that go. It, listen, I'm getting ahead of myself. I was going to talk a little bit about this Sunday. I could stand up here week after week and rail against specific sins, right? And when we want the preacher to rail against the specific sins in our society we don't like, how about we start in the house? with things like unforgiveness. You see what I'm getting at? Let's start in the house with the sins that we think God is going to work with us on instead of just condemning a society where we won't give them an excuse. How about that? You see what I'm getting at? Lord, forgive me my sins, but, but please help me, teach me, learn how to forgive others because that's the kingdom. So when you pray, the priority of prayer, we understand that prayer is part of the life of faith. Every time you pray and you believe, you are living faith and exercising faith. See that? Have you ever heard somebody say, I believe in prayer? Okay, I get what they're saying. I want to nuance the, the, the verbiage too much. I don't believe in prayer. I believe in God. That's why I pray. 
Now, it's not wrong to say that, but you, you get what I'm saying. I believe in the power of prayer because I believe in a powerful God. Prayer without belief is just words. I believe, therefore I pray. And when I pray, it's an exercise of my faith because faith is action, belief along with trust. Whenever you pray, you're trusting God. That's why I pray. So what prayer ends up being, if you're taking notes, I know I'm kind of burning along here, but prayer is an avenue that God has given us for connection, for communication. Uh, prayer invokes the presence of God. Uh, and again, it is part of the growth of intimacy with God, Abba Father. And if we pray things like, your kingdom come, your will be done, prayer also forms us and shapes us. Now, again, sometimes we think prayer is getting God to do something. The first avenue of prayer is how it changes us. Because when you start connecting with God and communicating with God and you invoke his presence, how many know you're changed by the presence of God? Prayer forms you. So many instances of prayer, references to prayer in the Bible. I would encourage you to do a study. But the thing about prayer is this. It's what we were talking about for the first Sunday of, of 2023, that one point of being purposeful and consistent, right? In order to fulfill when Jesus said, when you pray, you must learn how to take time. In other words, as he's teaching us here, personal time. Literally to be able to go shut your door and in secret pray with God. You see that? Now here's a practice. This, this is just something, this, don't, don't take this for doctrine. Let me just say something. I think sometimes when we pray, we think God is way out there somewhere. And I hope my prayer gets there. Where is the Holy Spirit? So sometimes when I pray, I just in my own mind imagine Jesus right there with me because he is. You realize it turns more conversational that way than me trying to shout out a prayer somewhere? Isn't that right? So I take time. Listen, again, purposeful and consistent time privately again not a show of pride in front of others as a matter of fact mark 135 you write that down talks about jesus uh going out to a place by himself right and spending time in prayer it's an example for us uh, not based on an emotion you can't live your christian life by your feelings your feelings can be deceptive in other words, in my purposeful, consistent time that I take to pray in the mornings, I don't always feel like it. Let's be honest. But because I'm purposeful and consistent, I do it anyways. And even in that, I learn something. Right? So you have to learn to take time, personal time, and what happens is, 
you begin to create sacred times and sacred places in your life. So here's what happens. Um, uh, there are, over the years, two or three different literal places that I develop habits of prayer. And uh, in a certain way, I build an altar of prayer in those places. Okay? Uh, so for, for, for years and years and years, my morning prayer happened in my youth sanctuary where we had our youth services, and I just prayed in there. And there was something about that, almost like creating a thin place of prayer, constant prayer, right? But it took taking time, something I say to you so much as part of this, slowing down and being with him. And of course, there's so many different things can happen in prayer. There, there can be worship in your prayer, uh, repentance, um, uh, needs and petition, where the Bible said, cast your cares upon him, right? Um, praying scripture. Prayer should be rooted in scripture. Okay? Uh, some, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's contemplation with him. Sometimes it's silence. Listening. Right? So, uh, at the Bakken Church, they're actually literally having every night 21 days of prayer. So I was there last night. And for, for the time of prayer, for 40 minutes, whatever it was, 35 minutes, whatever it was, I really wasn't praying much. I was just seeking his presence. That's just where I was last night. Seek, I just seeking his presence. I didn't go to him with a whole bunch of stuff. I asked him things concerning myself personally, but I was seeking his presence. There's different ways, different modes, different things that, that, that you do in prayer. But these kind of things develop in your life because you are a person of prayer, right? But slowing down and taking time. Time amount, time amount is not an issue. It's not about logging minutes. Your schedule's different than mine. Your work is different. The amount of kids you've got are different. Mine are gone. I mean, it's just, but what you can and do do as led by the Spirit. Now, there may be seasons of time when you're called into deeper times of prayer. Respond to those times, right? It's not a time issue. Again, it's not saying the perfect thing, but it is living a life that you are consistently taking time slowing down and learning how to be with him. That, that famous verse in the psalm said, be still and know that I'm God. You know that one? It's literally not psalm talking about God fighting your battles for you, so just relax. Be still. Remember him. He's going to do what he's going to do. But, but we're too busy sometimes to slow down and do it. Everybody, everybody has time. What you do with your time says a lot about you. You have time. We're crazy busy partly because we make ourselves crazy busy. You literally can rearrange your life around God. You know that? You know, I, I got kids. Let me, let me say something. I got three minutes left before we pray. When I was a kid, I spent some summer weeks with my grandparents on my mom's side. Grandma and Grandpa Blouch. 
farmer, uh, brethren in Christ, my grandma wore a covering, never saw her in anything but a skirt, sundress. In winter, she had a cardigan on and nylons. Right? That was my grandma and grandpa. When I was, as I've told you before, when I was a kid, I was one of those menace early riser kids. You know, I was up at the crack of dawn all the time. All right, that was me. When I was at my grandma and grandpa's house, I would always wake up early, and I learned, I'd peek down the hallway, and every time I'd look down the hallway, there they both were kneeling at a couch praying every day. They were farmers. They worked hard. At that point, they weren't farming anymore, but if that was the practice of their life, don't tell me you don't got time. You can make time. They weren't there for like three hours, but they were there committing their day, committing their time to things. My dad tells the same sort of story. His grandma was the same way. And <laughs> back in that day, my, gra- my grandma, my great-great, my great-grandma lived next door to my dad and my grandpa and grandma. They lived next door. So my dad would often go next door, you know, looking for food at grandma's house, whatever. But he would always have to make sure grandma, great-grandma wasn't praying. Because if he came in there and she saw him, she would go grab him and sit him down and make him pray with her. He always would kind of peek into the living room just to make sure before he came in there, sneaking in there. Teach your kids how to pray. Pass these things down. When they see you take time to pray, they will learn at some point in their maturity to take time to pray. Your kids model you. You know statistics, if you smoke, how much how the greater chance your kids are going to smoke? If you're a drinker, your kids are going to drink. Kids that come from the divorced homes end up more higher percentage of divorce. Kids come from abused homes end up, if you pass on bad things to your kids or things that may not necessarily be sin but not healthy, right? How about we pass on good things? What you watch on TV, they're going to watch on TV. Music you listen to, they're going to listen to it. Instill good things in your kids. Teach them how to pray. Amen? It will be the benefit of their life. Okay, I'm going to stop here. So here's what I want to do. For the next almost 20 minutes, I'm going to have the ushers. We have prayer sheets here for church-wide prayer different aspects of prayer that we're on the same page as the church. So you can use one of those prayer sheets if you're not familiar with prayer and you want to, they're back there. Chris, why don't you grab those and have those. Also, we can take time if you want to to pray over prayer requests in here. And if you have a prayer request that's not in here, go ahead and jot it down, fold it up, and throw it in there. And it'll be part of our prayer over the next 21 days. Okay? So we're just going to put a little music on. Let's practice prayer as a church. And then, like I said, right around 8 o'clock, I'll come back. We'll do a little corporate prayer, dismiss, and we'll be back here Sunday morning. Amen? Amen. All right, let's, let's pray. You can walk.